Welcome to the Retro Rejects, a podcast about heavy metal and horror movies, I suppose. Um, this week's show, we're going to be talking about Glenn Danzig and why you should be listening to him. said that kind of wrong but why you should be listening to Glenn Downs I guess if he was kind of like some prophet prophet (laughs) (laughs) and maybe he is I don't Uh, know some of his stuff is very prophetic isn't it mm, Uh, like what I don't know Juju Bowen what I don't know yes Mm. anyway but yeah I suppose we're taking a stance Mm. on this podcast and we're kind of really saying that he, I think he is underappreciated mm-hmm. a lot. People should be listening to him a lot more. Mm-hmm. The guy is like 68, I think, at the moment. He's pushing into his 70s. He's had a fantastic career. You I should think, probably double check that in case you're really aging the man up. I think he... <laughs> he was like, hey, I'm only 40. Yeah, no, he's 68. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, but I, I do think he's massively underappreciated yeah even the like I was surprised I was looking back on some videos uh, about him and um, it was uh, Razor Fist had a a rundown of his career mm-hmm. uh, up to a certain point but there was a what you kind of forget was that the first Danzig album even though it was critically acclaimed, didn't particularly do well. Mm. Um, the second one didn't do great either, Lucifuge. Mm-hmm. And it was only after they did the, the live album with Mother on it, mm. uh, Demon Troll, I, kind of, I can't remember what it's called, but that was all over MTV. Then people kind of went back yeah. to Danzig and started getting into him and then Danzig became big. And it was only for a really brief time, I suppose, that he was big, big. big. Yeah, sort of household um, name almost big. Yeah, but kind of I don't know in my mind or looking back for me but it seemed to be massive hmm. the whole time like you know all the thinking I suppose I only really got into Danzig uh, on the back of Mother as well yeah. um, from the live show like I didn't hear it was only through MTV for some reason Danzig stuff was really hard to get in Ireland even after he got big yeah. I always struggled to get anything um, I think I might have had a copy of Danzig Tree and I think I had Danzig four, but they they were like they had to order them in. Ah, bloody hell! Yeah, yeah. And, well, I suppose Anthem sort of out of the way at all in Ireland is very hard to get. Yeah, was very hard to at get at that stage. Yeah, yeah. You like, had to order it in through like actual record stores and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and like um, Sam Hain, um, which the correct the correct pronunciation because Sam Hain is a, the, what yeah. the Americans call it or what the its sound is an Irish word uh, yeah, for it's a festival, Halloween. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, but like it was only up until recently I got to hear like you couldn't get any Samhain mm. stuff over here like, yeah. it it's only really with the advent like, of the internet and sort of online sales and stuff well, like that, that they weren't available actually. to stream for a mm. long time as well it's only fairly recently they're available to stream mm. Misfits of course yeah. but as well the Misfits like when we were young you couldn't get the Misfits you could get the newer stuff but you couldn't get the older stuff I think there was bootleg mm. um versions of it so and as well then I probably only got into the Misfits through Metallica okay um, yeah, with their garage their covers, bait yeah. yeah um with it but um yeah I suppose when we were well how did you because you weren't into Danzig when you were young either were you no I wouldn't have been really and it kind of 
he would have sounded, I suppose, a bit like a, a more metal sort of Roy Orbison or something like that. Mm. Um, I suppose it would have been you sort of introduced me to a lot mm. of uh, Danzies and I was like starting to listen to it then when you were like, oh, this is a good album or this is a good track. And I was like, actually, he's not wrong for a change. Mm. <laughs> so that's why I started listening to Danzig. And of course, then, like yourself, he started popping up with a lot of other bands, a lot of other musicians kind of are always name checking him or referencing him or mm. holding him up in high esteem. So I was like, right, OK, this guy, I do need to check him out a little bit, you know? Yeah, well, he's a, like his stuff is amazing. And like... For people who haven't actually listened to any Danzig albums, or mm. even if you just know, like people probably know Mother and a few other, mm. um, so but if you actually listen to the whole album, like um, there's elements there. I suppose he always reminded me of Jim Morrison. Mm. Um, I remember when I first people used to compare him to Elvis. They were like all oh, the heavy metal Elvis or yeah. evil Elvis, uh, in the late eighties and the the nineties mm. was the thing. And like what you said, Roy Orbison, like he did a song with Roy Orbison. Mm. Um, but he definitely has that. Like, he was always compared to those kind of, especially at that stage because we singing like with metal. Yeah, people didn't really sing like that at yeah. that stage there wasn't any it was people were either seen as being screaming which they weren't really mm. or like I mean you have people like even though I hate Maiden um, like you can't deny that oh, Bruce like Dickinson stuff, yeah, yeah. like there's some fantastics there King mm. Diamond mm. Um, loads of great singers in metal but I don't think the, he it, went the other way he went for the lower registers he was like yeah. a dupe singer you know which you don't get the baritone yeah. type thing but he's like dancing even like a lot of I don't know for years you'll have people that even that are into metal they'd be like oh it's your dancing would you you know but they kind of focus on that bit and it's like he's fucking fantastic singer fantastic mm. vocalist like he's done some really really cool ballads um, and then I suppose one of the criticisms that goes at him in some of the later albums his voice is gone but it's like come on like after mm. fucking 20 or 30 years at by that stage when he was of touring mm. and screaming every night you know and singing and he every would have night tailored the songs to that color. voice register anyway and people you know voices yeah. change as you get older just appreciate the slightly different sounds it would be my kind of yeah. opinion on that but that's you know what there was a thing where it's like and I think as well that like really when you look at his career overall the Misfits were massive mm. they had a fallen out and he went off and he set up Sam Hain um, then the Misfits kind of came back there was always legal disputes now according to him I've seen interviews with him and um, Jerry Only and they were saying that they never actually really fell out it was just it wasn't a personal it was just a business thing mm. um, and like I mean Doyle stayed friends with all and like I mean they're doing a couple of reunion gigs every now and again yeah. but I think the way Dancy comes across to me is he's probably someone who's very creative um, I think a lot of creative people that are true have trouble sticking with just one yeah, kind of thing for a long from time. Project yeah. to project. So like he went from the Misfits to Sam Hain and then to Danzig. And even with Danzig, like I mean, I suppose what a lot of people would call the, the first four albums were kind of considered the classic run of Danzig. Mm. They're like blues metal, mm. doom blues metal. Um but there's some elements I always thought of industrial kind of thing, you know. Well, of course or, later on. Yeah, <laughs> or kind of got kind, of, but not like mm. got got. There's like you can hear Bauhaus and some of the mm. stuff. Like they're amazing albums, and then like yeah, you had the industrial um, phase of yeah, yeah, or a couple of albums of that. Every musician, if they're around the nineties, seemed to go through either a new metal or an industrial phase. Yeah, right? yeah. 
But like, I mean, the guy, you can't blame the guy for it. Like, what's he, if, if he went on and made it, the fifth album was, I suppose, what a lot of people see as a step into industrial, mm. uh, Black Acid, Devil, uh, from what I can remember it was called. Um, and they were saying, oh, he's trying to rip off Trout Reznor. Mm. Now, the thing is, the guy did four amazing albums. So like, I mean, over that period, fucking probably, what, maybe close to 10 years, say. Mm. Um, covering those between two ornaments so if you're going to get sick of doing so then you're going to be like hey I like this kind of music maybe yeah, I want to yeah, that's the thing I mean, yeah. like, he could be listening to it himself and just taking inspiration yeah, and just I'd like yeah I'm going that way yeah. and, like, and I mean, he did a very good he, yeah. I thought he made a fairly decent fisted industrial music yeah. it's just it wasn't again it wasn't very well it's received just people just love shit now. it's yeah. metal in mm. particular anytime that's it if you swerve outside your genre yeah, yeah. that's it like, eh, they're not doing trash anymore they're not doing fucking doom and you know it's, it's yeah. always if you step out but then you, you continue to do it in. then it's like oh, I can't believe it like when we're talking about yeah. Slayer that yeah. was the thing Slayer tried and they were still Slayer mm. they fucking were still Slayer down to the last but they did one or two albums that were slightly different you know, it was like eh, they're fucking trying to cash in their sellouts yeah, and, like, and then you go back to doing what up. you're doing Yeah, as I said you can't do right for doing wrong yeah. if you stay the same you get, get complaints yeah, and I was like change. oh I can't believe like I, a lot of people that I know that at the time would have been fairly fucking like down on Slayer and then mm. later on they were like oh Slayer are great mm. but it would have been like oh fucking a bunch of 50 year old men singing about the same shit that they were singing mm. about when they were in their 20s it's sad and it's this and that then the same five years later it's like oh it's great Slayer never changed they never compromised yeah, and it's, it's like, like what, what do you want, do you want? Yeah. Do? yeah it's just as well a lot of artists say you just have to make music for yourself and not your fans because you're never going yeah. to please all the fans and all that's the time. I think what Danzig has always mm. done like I, I mean quality issues aside on some things you can't fault the guy for mm. doing what he wants absolutely, to do absolutely yeah I mean like, if, if you take a sidestep into his film career wow. yeah like, <laughs> Jesus yeah for people that have done it he's after doing two movies we haven't I really want to see Debt Rider mm. um which is a spaghetti western uh, vampire movie hmm. where I remember seeing interviews with him before and he was like yeah, well it, there's none of this stuff where you have to wait around to see who the vampire is because they're all fucking vampires <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, I don't know it could be good now it's I don't know it's been, like I think it was about two years ago maybe Covid had something to do with Lane it's distribution or something like that mm. but um, I wish they'd just fucking stick it on DVD because it looks like it could be quite good but the, the first film that he did was based on his comics because he's actually he's done comics as well comics he's a big yeah. comic fan and it was at a time as well he used to speak out about it where it was like it was cool to see say from my perspective as a child <laughs> a grown man going yeah I like comics and being unashamed about it mm. it's like yeah fuck you kind of a thing yeah um, see I'm cool too yeah, yeah and doing his own comic line mm. as well he had Simon Bisley do a lot of stuff with him who I'm a massive fan of uh, from 2008 uh, where I would have known Simon Bisley from doing the Horned God and stuff but um, the first film based on those Verotica yes it's like I mean wow. it, it's a terrible movie there, there's no getting around it it's probably up there with the room mm. on levels of badness but you can't fault the creativity in it it's just fucking mental yeah yeah there's like plot lines all over there like three or four mm. different plot lines and it's just well the first one it starts off with a woman with eyes in her tits yeah and it's a tear falls from it and 
I can't remember if it falls on a spider or if when it falls it creates a spider that turns into this man that goes around anally raping and choking women to death Does it, it sounds like an absolute fucking cheese fueled nightmare yeah. doesn't it really that someone's after committing to film mm. when you actually say it out loud like that it's like what the fuck like? yeah, if it was directed by someone and like I mean in fairness mm. it's his first movie directing so you know it's not going to be but it's there's just some massive uh fucking kind of like pacing issues yeah with some of the things where there was was last one something like battery i think maybe elizabeth mm. battery or something kind of like, but there was like five minutes of her just like in a blood back on ooh, ooh pouring <laughs> blood on herself and you're ooh, just this like this is how i stay you're though. just like what the hell is going virgins. on um but yeah i suppose you're right if it was like some sort of i don't know cronenberg or someone directing mm. like oh wow body horror look yeah. tits rise or it's eyes just these new to directing you know mm. so it's that's why I'm quite interested to see the mm. dead writer thing um, because I don't like people progress well that's I know if you told me to direct a film I'd make some yeah. fistful of shit and as well like he backed it himself like oh. to do, or well like you know it didn't but like I mean he got the, the money coming. it's mm. not like it was a big studio turned around and said oh we're making this and make that and it's the same with him with the comics and stuff mm. like that was all I think he's carried that punk ethos the whole way yeah, through his yourself. career that, mm. yeah from the misfits uh, which people should be you know instead of people mm. shit on things like that where the people are too quick where it's like you've not done nothing it's easy just to criticise if you've done Well, that's HR. People uh, expect that life. you can only come out of a big studio. And it's like, well, this guy just decided, you know, I'll, I'll do it by myself. I'll yeah. go off and, you know, you don't have to be in the system, man. Mm, and as well, not even say, like, a, I think people got the wrong idea of indie movies um, for, from the 90s. You know, when mm. uh, Miramax were at its peak with yeah. some of the Kevin Smith stuff and all. Like, Clerks is an indie movie. Mm. Self-financed, yeah. independent actors. The rest of these movies, they're well, actually newer ones mm. would be, but like the ones with Miramax, they're not. They're funded by Miramax. Yeah, they're, they're in they're the not studio system. Movies, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're just, but it became a kind of a catch-all thing. Same with Tarantino's movies. Mm. Tarantino's movies, they're not independent movies. They're studio movies. Mm. It's just he's given free yeah, reign. That, and he, yeah, and he has that cash, I suppose, yeah. as well as having that. Mm. indie director kind of status yeah. from previously so there's a lot of movies done like that mm. in the, the system that were sold as independent movies but weren't really independent movies um, and kind of, you know but like I mean this is, Danzig stuff is truly independent mm. yeah. um, pushing it through himself basically yeah. just forging his own little furrow there mm. and so they should be supported whether they're good or bad that's mm. just a, a, a you know I think at the end of the day art is subjective Mm. Uh, with it so there was no such thing I think as good or bad but like I mean bad is not something that should be you know either you like yeah, it or you don't that's like it. it I know yeah, yeah. but I mean Jesus we're not one to hold back from shitting on other people that we don't like though in fairness so you have to give people their you know if people are going to give out about it they're going to give out about it I know yeah, yeah yeah like I mean it is a bad movie <laughs> <laughs> Like there you, know, are, you can't say oh you should have like okay applaud the fact he did himself yeah. but still be free to go well actually yeah like I mean the thing is you, you can sometimes just mm. go but like me you don't shit on someone with it. it's you know like there was mm. a whole thing with um, what's his face that was doing plan nine from uh, um, oh, yeah, Ed Wood yeah. for years Ed Wood was seen as like, oh the worst director and he's terrible and all this and then you develop a big fan base mm. and then when people kind of like oh Tim Burton likes him and this person likes him yeah, that person likes him they're yeah, influenced by cool, yeah. and it was like oh yeah so people were always a bit slow to give credit 
where it's due. And I, think, I, I quite like shonky films as well, you know, like mm. the likes of An Evil Dead or something like yeah. that, where it's like, right, we're going to make it ourselves. There's going to be a few gaffes in it. There's going to be a few mm. wobbly sets. There's going to be a few, like, really dubious sort of special effects. Mm. But fuck it, we'll go with it. We have an idea. We want it's to make it. Suspension of disbelief, mm. isn't it? Um, like, what was the... I still can't... It was, like, dead something. It's about a YouTuber that goes into a haunted oh, yeah, yeah. house. We saw mm. it a while. We were talking about it on a, a couple of other podcasts as well, we keep bringing Recently, it up and keep yeah. can't remember the name but, but that was made on very very mm. minimal budget the special effects of it are, are, are not great mm. I suppose putting that mildly but you, they, but you see what they're going for and I suppose like I mean if you went to like a play in the theatre yeah. like I mean people aren't going to have the special effects mm. there it's going to be like a red tissue that someone throws yeah. out for their throat when they get their throat mm. slashed and people just go oh yeah don't yeah. buy into it but that's I mean? it people expect everything it's to be story like but like me look yeah. at the marvellous special effects mm. they're kind of shit anyway you know oh no I hate that whole yeah. it's like it's overproduced and it's too close up and it's like wow whiz bang mm. flash and you're just like oh, there's no yeah. story though but that's a, like with that film that we're talking about there's a real charm to it and that kind of homemade thing and you can appreciate where it's like they're really, really trying their hardest and mm. it might look like, oh my God, you're not going to go, oh, wow, there's a demon. But it's just like they're having fun. This is a great movie. This mm. is actually really, really, really good. It's well acted. The story was good and mm. there's some creative yeah. uh, bits yeah, and pieces. Yeah, it might be mad as a box of frogs, but mm. good on him. But like you compare to like we were looking at the, the new Exorcist movie, Exorcist Believer there a while yeah. ago. It's fucking terrible. Mm. Like, I mean, I know we were just saying, there's no such thing as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, like, I thought that because we were talking before, so a lot of people were shitting on the non two this mm. year and uh, the Pope's Exorcist, say, when we're talking mm. about possession movies. And I quite like the two of those. Mm. They're a bit low budget and they're a bit, well, not low budget, really, like the non two, the massive budget. Yeah. But, um, they're, they're not just, yeah, basically there's yeah. nothing mad goes on them but like that I really expected something big from a new Exorcist movie and that was way worse than the two of those combined mm. easily worse like even the special effects in it were kind of terrible mm. like there was no I know there was no uh, shock and there was no horror yeah. there was no yeah you were just like oh yeah okay let's go beat by beat kind of a thing yeah. it was alright like but yeah. it wouldn't be something like oh my god again, you yeah. have to go and see this like nah. the first exorcist you wouldn't have nightmares from it no Here, maybe, you can maybe be. I do <laughs> but um that's why I'm peddling in my sleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying but, to run away but Danzig yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> trying to get it back on yeah sorry well yeah. tell me you're reading uh, the uh, the comic oh, yeah. of course the uh, the adventures of Glenn and Henry uh, have Glenn I got the name Henry. of that right yeah Henry and Glenn or Glenn and Henry and look look, look uh, my memory has gone to fucking shit lately mm. um, I can't remember the name of the guy that wrote it but it's a collective of people mm. uh, wrote this comic book years ago I'm not exactly sure what format it appeared in first I, or how it came about yeah even. I think it was there was four issues and I think you had say the main story which was done in a kind of an old school cartoony kind of way where it's like um, uh, Danzig and Henry Rollins are living with each other they they're just like roommates they no they're a couple okay uh, <laughs> but, uh, their neighbours are hauling oats who are Satanists and they're always kind of killing things and it's it's the adventures I don't want to ruin the story because the story mm. is quite good but there's there's an awful lot it's like a metal fan like you know it was quite obviously written by a metal fan to me it's a love letter yeah from whoever made it to like all those people um, yeah sure you show me a couple of um sort of I don't know 
frames and stuff like mm. that. It's, it's just like a who's who of like, you know, rock yeah, and metal like and all Lemmy, the rest over the years, yeah. You know, the, the Rob Halford, mm. all these different people show up at it. Mm. Um, but it's, uh, I, I, apparently it's not well, it wasn't well received by Danzig or... I was about to say, what did Danzig think Henry of it? Rollins, mm. like, yeah. Um, which, he's meant to not have like the, the best... Sense of humour? Yeah, well, no, I think he's might have kind of a bit of a short temper. Ah. Um, and so and maybe he kind of felt like that was... Yeah, well, I mean, if, geez, if somebody brought yeah. out a book about you in the morning and it's like the adventures of you and some other random dude that you don't even know and you're a couple and it's, you'd be yeah. kind of a bit weirded out, I think. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, when you put it that way, when you can yeah. kind of think of it as probably like slash fake, yeah. you know, but when you read it, it's not like that. It is really... Them going on adventures. <laughs> no, it's there very much, and it's because it started off as a joke. There, mm. the, this group of artists were having, and they started doing these little sketches about, them. like, oh, imagine if the two of them were gay and they're in a relationship, and it, it's just because the two of them were so macho at the time, you know, at the time mm. as well, um, and. It's just, I, I won't say anything because it'll ruin it for people. There's a lot of kind of surprises and it is very, very funny. Mm. Um, I found myself laughing a lot through it. And, and it's there's a, other it's a thick that, tome as well, isn't it? It's not yeah, like, you know, a sort of a one shot and done. It's like well, it's, it's about 300 proper. pages yeah. of stuff. But it's just even the artistry in it. Like there is probably in the second issue of it, it starts off where it's like Danzig recounting a tale, but it's uh, kind of drawn like a Kirby. Okay. Um, mm. A comic mm. uh, you know there's a lot of bits and pieces like that and there's some in the covers they're like Mike Mignola right. things where it's and there's like a little sketch in it where it's like that as well where it's like the two of them kind of like you know Henry and Glenn they fall uh, through the basement down into hell Oh. So it's, you know, <laughs> but it's drawn like Hellboy. There's a lot of bits and it. it's for comic fans and metal fans. Mm. Uh, to sink their teeth into Yeah, and it, it's it's quite sweet as well because it is the whole thing where it's like the two of them are in a very loving relationship. There's one bit where Danza goes missing and um, he's like, uh, Henry's ringing around looking for him and he's asking different people kind of where is, and they're all in strip clubs the whole time. And they're like, <laughs> oh, he's not here. And he was like, oh, he won't be there. So he rings out the comic book shop because he's like, oh yeah, he'll be there. Like he's not going to be, able, you know? Um, so it's just that mm. kind of thing. There's a lot of in-jokes, it's, you know, where you kind of see things and it's like mentions from past interviews yeah. or... Um, with him. like there was the whole thing with the books there was his famous <laughs> clip from years and years ago that Danzig did a VHS where he was in his house and he's going through his bookshelf and like Danzig was always actually I don't think he ever said that he was a Satanist but people mm. always just took they that assumed, he was a Satanist yeah, yeah. Um, and he's going through his bookshelf and there's a bit where he's reading the, the book about like you know the, I think it was the, the deleted chapters from the Bible and one of it's about Jesus killing a child and he's giggling away about it. But people are always taking the piss mm. out of that. It's like, oh, Danzig with his fucking... <laughs> with his books. <laughs> with his I, just, books. I, I thought it was hilarious, though. It was like he, he clearly is all gleeful, like showing yeah. him off and all the rest, you know? But this is the, one of the things, if you look at a lot of the interviews with Danzig, there was maybe one or two where he's... A cranky bastard. Yeah, and like I mean, that happened. It, yeah. It's fucking gonna I know, happen. If people, people keep like. on asking you, and yeah. shit, you're gonna eventually get sick of yeah. it. Yeah, but most interviews that you see with him, he's actually very affable. He's laughing and joking with the interviewers. He's very honest and he's very trying. You know, mm. 
It's the same with Rollins. Like, yeah. I mean, Rollins got this bad stick um, for a long time because mm. of one or two interviews where he was just... Crazy. Yeah. Grouchy bollocks, basically. Like, there was yeah, one member, right, at, like, he was literally just after walking off stage mm. and someone came up and he was like, look, I don't mind me to be rude. I need to fucking kind of, like, unwind to get Catch out of this breath, space. Like, yeah, stop Could you please sweating. just fuck off? Yeah. Um... Thing and then people, oh my god, Henry Rollins is a dickhead. You yeah, know? and it's like, well, no, he's just literally after probably running about fucking fifteen miles, like you know, having done a two-hour show or whatever, yeah. cross up and down the stage. Yeah, there's a a guy that we know who met Henry Rollins before. He went to one of these spoken word shows. Um, and he met him briefly afterwards because apparently he does like meet and greets he doesn't charge for it like a lot mm. of bands do a lot of people do he just meets up with people and he has a conversation with him your man afterwards uh, because he, the guy we know he was into writing and Roland said to him oh yeah just email me stuff and I'll talk to you about things mm. he emailed him and he got back to him straight away and they were emailing each other over back for a while mm. now that's you don't get many uh, so-called stars that would yeah. uh, interact with people like that, would you? You're not yeah. going to get your James Hetfield. You're not going to get me that. even doing it. If somebody yeah. said, oh, would you read this? I'd be like, no. Mm. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That yeah. That's the kind of guy that Henry uh, Rollins is. You know, yeah. he does he seem to be a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I think Danzig is probably like that as well. Mm. One of the things that were people were taking the piss out of him a few years was because there was a picture of him um, shopping where he was after buying kitty, kitty litter. litter. yeah. And it's like, fucking what? And the guy has Why? a cat. Yeah. What's he supposed to do? Like, just have it fucking teleported from, mm. like, the store or something But this like is that? people that are going, oh, look at your evil Danzig. Yeah, and it's like, where did he ever say he was evil? <laughs> I know. Oh, wait, no, he did. <laughs> there was a song, because I'm evil. But <laughs> <laughs> still, you can be evil and have cats. Uh, you know? You just mm, need to get your kitty litter. Most evil on. people would have cats. Yes, but true. this is what he, like, it's, it was blues music. He was, I was just mm. looking at an interview with him as well earlier on today, and he was talking about that, that a lot of his influences when he was growing up was blues music. Because um, mm, that's which, what it would have been big when he would have yeah. been a young kid, like. Mm. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, when he, when you look back at, like, say, the first Danzig album mm. and the first couple of those, there was no one doing that blues thing. It was nearly. Mm. People wanted to kind of get away from blues and rock and roll yeah. and metal. They were nearly ashamed of it. Like, mm. there was this whole thing where people didn't want to go back to Led Zeppelin. And, yeah, it was like, oh, it's corny or it's sort yeah. of, you know, outdated or something like mm. that. Yeah. And he kind of came along and did mm. fucking heavy, heavy, heavy blues. Yeah. Um, which, like, Black Sabbath, so he kind of brought back a lot of the 70s stuff. But heavier, you know, it was very, very modern. Mm. Um, which a lot of bands what it struggles immensely mm. with um, but it's I, I think it is only with Hans like it does amaze me that he's not put into a higher kind of like you know category when people are talking about influential mm. bands or kind of like different bands like do you listen back to fucking mm. like the first album second all those four albums yeah there's an incredible run of albums it's really. just like yeah. what the fuck like I mean it is and I think that's probably why as well uh, it's it's easy for people to kind of shit on him or when it, like the fifth album came out and the sixth album because once you're up at such a peak very easy to be torn down isn't yeah, it yeah um, well, and it's just I don't know it, 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 I could just never really understand it um, the, the how it kind of went for, and then when you listen to a lot of the albums saying mm. after like say Black Ass of Devil like uh, the sixth one, I think it's Blood Red Sap. No, no, no. The sixth one is Devil's Son or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's really, really, really fucking heavy. 
Um, I lose a fairy. The seventh one is really, really heavy yeah. as well. Uh, that Blood Red Sabbath, it sounds an awful lot like the first two albums. It's just as good, mm. really. You know, so it's. I don't think the quality of his stuff ever really went down. And it's just, it's the same as everything, though. I think people's mm. interest in things waxes and wanes, and it was just, unfortunately, he was sort of falling out of favour at that stage. And then it became cool to, like, ooh, fucking, ooh, shit, you know what I mean? Mm. That kind of thing. But it's the same, as you said, for every other band as well, really. Where it's like, you know, they're riding the crest of the wave, and then all of a sudden people are like, no, boo, that's shit like yeah. and it doesn't matter even if it's really good you mentioned James Hedfield everyone loved the first four albums of Metallica and then their biggest album the Black Album and people were like boo that's rubbish and it's mm. like what you can't please everyone all the yeah. time you know well load and reload I mm. think are like say the equivalent of Danzig mm. doing the industrial yeah. thing and it's like when you listen to so, that album people there's a couple of industrial industrial songs mm. on it but there's still a few the, you know I don't know it's it's it, it just baffles me. I suppose people well, I suppose, hear what they want to hear. Yeah, and I suppose looking back on it sort of with the sort of the the perspective of time and some distance and a couple, a good mm. few years, I suppose, since you can... Like, I mean, it's the same with a lot of new metal in general and a lot of industrial mm. in general. At the time, it was shit on for a height, from a height. Mm. And now I listen back and go, oh, actually, that was some good ideas yeah. there. Actually, that was kind of innovative and all the rest. But it is, it's the, the distance of time, I think, being able to look back and kind of go, yeah, well, I it's appreciate the thing as well, I think on the, when we were talking about Slayer, we were talking, or maybe on the trash, we are going on about how a lot of the trash bands never really... Um, return the favour mm. um, bringing smaller bands out on tour with them mm-hmm. for, particularly like say death metal bands or black metal bands they mm. kind of avoided the genre at all and a large part of that I think is because you know there was a lot of bands that didn't want to say no one wanted Slayer opening for them mm. fucking hell know, yeah, their, yeah, their fans are either going to get bit up on you know sort of waiting for them or they're going to be destroyed during Slayer do you know yeah um, but it's but like you know as a band you can't follow Slayer like <laughs> you, you, you just can't um, I was looking at Danzig talking and he, the, the, he was just being asked um, like with the people that you bring out on tour do you bring them out because yeah. and he was like yeah and he was like basically when we started off he said no one would bring us on tour because there was this whole thing where they'd be like oh fuck we can't have them opening up for us mm-hmm. they're, they're better than us and he's like I've never looked at it as a competitive thing mm-hmm. he was like you, you're in it together with other musicians you're there to share the experience and to try and bring people along so the interview that I saw from that was like he had Corn and Marla Manson um, opening yeah. up Form, um, and this was before they were big, and he was like, They're amazing bands, I really like them. We should be doing, you know, mm-hmm. this and that. So, you have to give him fucking credit for that Absolutely, as well. That he yeah. pulled along mm. a lot of kind of bands that made it very, very big. Yeah, they kind of catapulted um, over him nearly. Yeah. yeah, so someone, you know, you can't, someone like that, I wouldn't necessarily think is the angry asshole that he's made out of. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, true. From, there was that video in, oh God, maybe 2010, 12 or something like that. You remember those Northside Kings or something like oh, that? Oh God, that yeah. fucking hardcore boy. It was this viral video went around of uh, Danzig having an argument with this guy backstage from another band and Danzig pushed him and your man sucker punched him really. Him, yeah. uh, and then just ran off. And it was this whole thing where it was like they were trying to make out that Danzig was... Oh yeah, yeah. look how untough he is kind of a thing. It's yeah. like, fucking hell, Danzig is a, sh- a shorter man. This guy was yeah. a fucking bit like an absolute well, tank. But your man kind of sucker punched. That's what Danzig I mean, though, pushed yeah. him all right and your man just fucking 
clattered him. That's it, you're yeah. out of the blue. Like, if anybody uh, gets a sucker punch, you're going down like yeah. a ton of bricks. But it's, it's quite obvious. In my mind, it was set up. Yeah. Like, why were they fucking filming at the first place with camcorders? And apparently, it was going on for days beforehand. There was they this thing where they were just them needling them. Yeah. Um, that they were quite obviously looking for. And your man wrote a book about it as well. Afterwards. I know, yeah. Talk about fucking living in the shadow of someone else's fame. Like, yeah. You know, just riding coattails. Oh, I'm the man that fucking had mm-hmm. an altercation with Danzig. Oh, well, well, yeah. you're not Danzig, though, are you? Yeah, but you know that there's always these stories about kind of like Danzig being mm. a bit difficult or a bit of a diva and all this. And I think there's probably a couple of instances that no doubt there is. You can't get to that, and especially if you're fucking, if you've been going for that long, you're going to want things done a certain way. You're going to know how things should should yeah, be done. You're going to get pissed you off the if you arrive there, yeah. yeah, and things aren't set up how you need them to be. And, yeah. You know, the fans aren't going to get the best experience yeah. either. You know, but you know, like I mean, Christ Almighty, like how many thousands of gigs has that man played? Mm. I'm sure he, you know, if someone like that turns around and says to you, maybe you should do things this way and that way, you go, yeah, maybe all right. Maybe listen, exactly, yeah, 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 there's a reason he's asking. Um, I know that we sound like we're fucking sycophants or something here. <laughs> I don't know, who can get it? But it kind of sounds like you're defending him and he doesn't need defending. No, he doesn't, know. But at the time, there was a lot over us, like, oh, Dad's deserved it. I was like, how the fuck did he deserve that? You don't even know what happened. You've seen a two-second fucking shit. Yeah, and they made sure to cut to just before, like, Danzig pushed yeah. your man. So, like, yeah. what happened before that? Mm. That's, that sounds very victim-blaming. I don't mean, like, you know, what was she doing running around yeah. to get a slap on I know, but husband. there was, like, there but was, you know, what yeah, was, yeah, they it was, didn't have it the was going on for days, apparently, yeah. this kind of fucking shit, where they were goading them and goading mm. them and goading them and goading them. And it is, he has a notoriously short temper mm. <laughs> you can probably so, relate to that I yeah. would imagine quite but, well but you know so yeah. what do you find they knew what they were doing yeah. like and as well kind of like for all the years that the guy was playing with other bands and stuff you don't hear other bands no. saying a bad word about the man well sure didn't a load of um, other metal singers I suppose they all came on and contributed like back and vocals to some of his albums as well you know the oh, yeah, he's Pepper always had stuff, yeah, James yeah. Headfield all of that oh yeah yeah sure, so. sure Headfield I, th- I think the, the thing with Danzig that from what I can get from other kind of musicians and stuff talking about him is that it's not that he's difficult it's just that he's set in these fucking ways mm. with stuff do you remember Ed, there was a thing where when um they were going to cover oh god I can't remember which song they were going to cover was it what fucking song did they cover the Misfits I got something to say oh yeah or no last caress yeah, yeah Green Hell yeah. and Green Hell yeah. yeah and they just said oh could you send us on the lyrics and that they kept sending on different lyrics Tim and Hetfield was like what the fuck I always thought it was this and they were like why is it and it sounds to me like he was fucking with him yeah having um, a bit of a laugh yeah <laughs> but as well other people the way that they talk like about with the films and stuff um, is that I think he has he's way of doing things or mm. he's way of doing stuff and he don't back down mm. although thinking with the, the House of the Vampire they were saying he was very collaborative yeah. on it and stuff but apparently it's just there because he's not like a director director he doesn't really he's, I suppose he knows how to direct from he's music forward, videos and yeah. stuff yeah um, mm. so people were like oh yeah it's a bit of a unique experience mm. <laughs> being directed by him yeah but like I mean Oh. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. If it's a unique experience, mm. then. 
But yeah, like, I mean, it, that was the thing as well. Um, Recently enough, wasn't there again, he, you know, sort of went a bit viral on the internet because a girlfriend shared photos of him, like, sitting down with his cat wrapping the Christmas presents oh, or yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, apparently he wasn't happy about that. I know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's a private moment and then everyone sort of ran with it because yeah. it's a great meme template. And that's like, oh. the thing, he probably knew he what was going to fucking happen yeah. because it is, there's always seems to be kind of like invasion of a man's privacy. Mm. When he sold well, his house... with the bricks... Oh yeah, Danzig's bricks, the evil bricks. <laughs> They're a big part in the, the comic. Mm. Oh, are they? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but For anyone who doesn't know the backstory, would you care to illuminate people? I can't remember. It was like there was a load of bricks that he had left out in front of the and he was From doing a renovation, yeah. yeah. A neighbour was basically constantly saying, move your fucking bricks and I'll yeah. my bricks when I want. <laughs> yeah, that was it. It wasn't their thing where it was him out fucking throwing the bricks in, going, now you fucking happy. Fucking yeah, moving <laughs> yeah. my fucking bricks. Yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, that's just. It actually, I think that makes him far more likable because that's very relatable. I, if you have a fucking yeah. picky neighbour that's over going, hey, you haven't mowed your lawn or oh, yeah. fucking move the pile of bricks. If you're like, it's, yeah, here's our pile of bricks through your front that's, window. That's the thing. I tell you, if, you, if anyone's lived beside you, you look, someone that's fucking coming over to your house and saying, telling you yeah, what to do. Doing this yeah. and doing that, like, you bury a fucking brick in their head, <laughs> let alone, you yeah, know, move know, but yeah, but there just seems to be a thing where... It's that just, was a it's, whole sort of internet lore thing at the time yeah. as well, when the internet was hitting real big and there was all these stories floating around. It was Twitter. It. Yeah, yeah that's it, what, it was a huge long story. It was kind of around the time that Twitter started off because mm. I can remember following, uh, there was a guy called Not The Real Jen Danzig. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And he used to be like putting up, so pretending that he was Danzig. Yeah. Um, And it was just... And then that started coming up, and it was just like, What? what? This guy, and it so <laughs> yeah. turned into a bit of a thing mm. um, with it. But yeah, and then there was the pictures from inside his house after mm-hmm. he sold it. So the whole thing was like, it, it was like a bit of a shithole inside. But that's after he fucking sold it. That's yeah, not that's like the way he moved out. Yeah, yeah. He had all these furniture and shit gone. Like, yeah. any house looks like And there was like stuff shit left over, and there probably stuff that he didn't want. Mm. And we were like, oh my God, the state. He's but... living in squalor. And it's yeah. like, no, it's just an empty house. <laughs> yeah, it just... yeah. I'm sure he had furniture when he was yeah. living there. Like, but I think a lot of that it really detracts from his music. Mm. Um, and let's not forget, like, he wrote fucking... And as well, he would have contributed, I think, those albums to Def Jam. Mm. Right? Like, Rick Rubin um, produced mm-hmm. those albums with him. And they're fucking... All the, by all accounts, apparently, Danzig pretty much did uh, the third and the fourth one on his own. Yeah, I think he had a very particular vision, which is he's right, yeah. and he wanted to do things the way he but wanted But as well, to Rick do. Rubin is fairly well known for like standing back and not really producing he says it himself I don't have any technical abilities I'm not mm. like a producer producer his whole thing is about inspiring people yeah, and getting the best out, out yeah. yeah um, getting them creative um, and like I mean he hooked him up with Johnny Cash mm. as well and Danzig wrote it was a 13 mm. for him um, it's I think it's at the start of the hangover for people who oh, right. oh, either mm. the hangover one or the two mm. That song with Danzig, that's Danzig. And he did, like I've said before, uh, for fucking Roy Orbison. Mm. Um, and so, like, I mean, for Johnny Cash to turn around. And I know. Of, and, you know, sort of give you the thumbs up. Yeah. Thing, I suppose, really, that's a, a high accolade, really, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Well, the good is the versatility of his mm. uh, songwriting skills yeah. as well. Well, I suppose he could kind of, yeah, metal Johnny Cash as well, really, I suppose, mm. because he did have that kind of... Um, that not mournful I'm not I don't know what word I'm looking for but that sort of real sort of pain sorrowful kind of um, mm. 
you know you, you could do that really well where it's like oh I'm you know this is terrible I'm there's an honesty I think yeah. in his voice yeah uh, with, there is a soul in his voice mm. you know it's it, it just like when you listen to Misfits and Sam Hain mm. and then into Danzig like the, the transition with his voice it's it like it is amazing. Like mm. he quite obviously doesn't like he's it's not like someone taught him how to sing or anything mm. like that, but he uh, obviously it, just honed his talents, yeah. yeah. And like he did, there is some songs when I listen to like we're saying that just hear Jim Morrison, yeah, or hear the doors, true. Yeah, it's a huge through. vocal range as well. You know, everyone yeah. does think of him as this like deep bird, baritone, yeah. and stuff, but Jesus, he has some yells and howls and screams and stuff mm. where he's reaching very high registers and just a whole a wide fucking range, like, mm. like I. One of my favourite songs really, the ballad Sustainer. Yeah. And that that's a royal that's, that's song. very beautiful as well. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a slow kind of a piece that you know, it's it's very moving, I suppose, mm. if you want to sort of you know yeah. if you let music affect you, it would be very affecting. Mm. But I what I'd hate to see happen is that after he dies, all of a sudden people are all like, Oh yeah, he was great. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, we've lost well, the legend back, yeah, mm. where it's like I think we should be celebrating people exactly appreciate them in alive. their lifetime yeah. Yeah. that's it that was actually one of the other interviews that I saw them which I told is there, um, your woman said oh do you, do you mind talking about the misfits and he was like not really I don't really he was just like I just don't like talking to some people what did he said because they're rolling stones and all that he said magazine or after getting big into kind of covering all these things now and mm. he was saying just fucking 20 odd years ago yeah, 30 odd years ago he was like why wouldn't you they wouldn't cover it when we were doing it they thought that it was stupid and that it wasn't important we all knew that it was important and now fucking 30 years later they're talking about how singing the praises yeah. exactly yeah where he's like you know we could have done with that like years ago oh how, um, how the turntables yeah which he was right where it's like you know the yeah. Rolling Stones and all those magazines they're meant to be magazines about music yeah. and covering music and new scenes and they don't really it's always mm. fucking they pick up on things well after the mm. fact um, and there's a lot of big bands or bands that went on being big like Ghost mm. no one picked up on Ghost for fucking mm. like three albums Yeah. but then everyone jumped on it saying oh god oh yeah it was like it. yeah yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, well, I'd include us in that as yes, well. Yes, I know, because it was Meliora that yeah. for us. But, then but we back. weren't kind of like, oh, back in the day, oh, yeah, we were listening to him back in the day. Mm. Um, like, I mean, if years earlier, if I had seen Ghost years earlier, even when I heard the first yeah, like, you were not impressed. Yeah, it was just because I insisted on listening yeah, to it. Yeah, like I told the story before, it was someone recommended me, but they got him confused with Behemoth. <laughs> so, Easy thing to yeah, do. Yeah, I fucking put on Ghost and I was like, what this is, is this? not fucking Polish black metal. What <laughs> the fuck? And then I kind of kept putting them on. There was one or two songs that stood out, and then they, they really grew on me. Yeah. Um, but like they really fucking grew on you. Oh, I'm a massive fan. You, yeah. Still a massive fan, yeah. even though I'm not. You know, I'm not overly enamoured with what they're doing lately. But like, yeah, the uh, first couple of albums, fucking brilliant. And like we we saw when they were playing a in good few like, times, actually, tiny yeah. like fucking yeah. venues. To, from, from Tiny Vane it was a student union yeah. fucking venue up to the Royal Albert Hall up to the Royal Hall. Albert Hall and actually Twickenham which is a big stadium oh yeah yeah, well. yeah, yeah I forgot yeah, 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 Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. Um, but yeah like I mean Ghost mm. were, but like I mean I, Ghost were probably but then again same stuff happened with Danzig when Danzig was kind of starting to do big people were singing these and then mm. they, there was the turn when he got big yeah there was yeah. a turn and it was all these like fucking Kerrang and all that mm. at the time that really 
I think and they're the ones that should be anyway. sorted but it's that seems to be the whole tabloidy thing anyway and I'd, I'd include rock and metal magazines mm. and that they just go with whatever is the flavour of the month and it becomes cool to eat and so yeah. becomes cool to be, like I mean you know the standard meme is like oh but what does Corey Taylor think about such and such a thing yeah. you know because they were sort of so busy doting on Corey Taylor and mm. Slipknot for a while there it's like Jesus Christ can you ever write an article that doesn't reference him but places that they forget as well I think mm. people's past work too you yeah. know where it's like say with Metallica when Metallica would load and reload I was like mm. oh Metallica are dead they're not yeah um, they're not kind of, and then with fucking um, Saint Anger it mm. was like oh they're just not with it anymore it's yeah, time for right them off, to say yeah. and it's like alright even if you don't like those albums what about the albums that you do like yeah. the important ones or you yeah, know one, ones that one are important one album that you don't like, like yeah. doesn't cancel out you know you don't have to stop liking all the other albums yeah. like, just because you don't like one mm. and I mean to me they're you know those particular albums I think are great yeah. anyway and they're back on form so like just give people a chance to have their steps and their adventures and their like I mean as, as you mentioned with Ghost I'm, I'm yeah. not a fan of the latest album but I'm still a fan of Ghost and yeah, I will still, still hang around to it. Like exactly old, yeah, yeah I listen to all the old albums and I'll still whenever mm. the new one comes out I'll be eagerly anticipating and see what direction they're taking then but but that's the thing if, if you're into an artist you kind of unless they're like I mean I will say with say something like Marilyn Manson mm. like I've always been a fan of Marilyn Manson and then when all the stuff started coming out I was like, like no oh. <laughs> yeah I know yeah and it's like I mean I am it's I think it's our generation we've talked about this before amongst ourselves our generation was kind of good at separating the artist from the art yeah and but like with something like what Marilyn Manson's being accused of whether it, like mm. I mean he's not up being charged with anything mm. um, but there's just something I know to you're my kind of going that oh kinda, that's disappointing and, and yeah and kinda, kinda go, yeah but you know you kind of go oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's because of the image of him mm. so different from what I thought he was mm. which like I mean just you're not mad you're just disappointed yeah uh, but I can't listen to stuff. Yeah. It's just kind of like, no, I wouldn't. It has been properly um, tainted now, hasn't it? Yeah, but at the same point, I think I can listen to fucking bars of it. Oh, yeah, like, it. I know, yeah. You know, um, so that goes to, you know how disappointed I am with uh, <laughs> Yeah, You can tolerate murder, but not anything that's kind of to yeah. do with like sexual assault or abuse. Yeah, uh, but it's, well, how did we get to that? We're talking about Marilyn Manson. Oh, it's separating the... Yeah, the art from the artist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and let an artist just fully explore what they want to do oh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, like yeah, yeah. an artist even if they're running down a fucking path that you're not particularly a fan of yourself you should be like yeah you go guy that's great yeah, well, and like, I'll pick back up and you know I'll go I'll go a different way and I'll mm, pick back up at the next fork in the woods Trent Reznor has done an awful lot of stuff mm. over the years that have been kind of like yeah. yeah, you know that I just wouldn't be a fan. Of. I might kind of go back to it over the years and kind of try and re-listen to it, and then you might find something different when you're mm. after changing as a person or after having a bit more experience, kind of mm. behind or it. something just hits differently. You know, something yeah. that doesn't resonate with you at a certain age. Come back ten years later, and all of a sudden you're going, "Oh, I get it now. Yeah. I get where he's coming." But from. at the same point, it's not like because like there has been some albums that he's put out where I've been going, "Oh God." But and then he does the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack and that's great. Yeah, but you know, I would never be like, mm, oh God, right I, I hate like, fucking Trent Reznor. How dare he? Dare, yeah. How dare he make this music that I've gotten so much enjoyment in over the years <laughs> yeah. and that's changed my life in so many positive ways. Yeah, why isn't he here specifically catering to my uh, wants and needs mm, uh, instead of his own, like, you know, creative uh, path that he wants to follow? Mm, Which, uh, that's, I think... Well, that's I suppose that's probably one thing with Danzig. It's... 
people that are fans of Danzig are true fans of mm. Danzig and I think they're probably true fans of music as well mm. and appreciate music mm. as well they're not fucking fair weather fan. you can't be a fair weather fan really can you? Mm. especially at this stage yeah like it's, how many it's people been ups are, and downs and ups yeah. and downs now yeah mm. Mm. but as well it's well like a lot of the, the Misfits revival and people that I don't mm. think the same people really jumped on Danzig no I mean see that's the thing I think the Misfits and it seems to be cool as well just oh yeah the Misfits and it's always like it's it's the t-shirt like you know with the Mm. fucking the the ghoul the ghost or whatever the fuck you call the icon or whatever and that's what everyone sort of Mm. flashes on that was taken from oh I can't remember the film it was like like a 1930s film or 1920s something something like that yeah But, um, but yeah, do you know what I mean? Everyone latches mm. on to the imagery and all that. And it's like, well, Danzig had cool imagery. I'm wearing a cool T-shirt. Yeah. Danzig. Very cool imagery. In general, it's just, yeah. yeah, just this very minute, actually, mm. I'm wearing my Danzig like, T-shirt. He, like, I'm not going to, like, wind it up now in a minute. And, mm. But, like, one thing I will say about him is, like, say even from the comic book perspective, he's been very collaborative and very open to working with art, mm. you know, like, giving artists. And it's the same with the album covers. Mm. Um. I, I, I think there was a reissue of Black Acid Devil mm-hmm. and I don't know who did that but it looks to me like it might have been Simon Bisley did the cover but the cover is fucking cool as shit I think if you're listening <laughs> to it on stream cool as shit that's probably the cover that you see where mm-hmm. it's a black and white cover as opposed to the red one when it came out mm. um, where it's uh, kind of like the the, the skull the, the, the logo for Danzig mm. kind of separating the body and kind of like mechanical stuff coming out of it as yeah. well it's very cool very cool mm. yeah, it's very cool in general as Mr Danzig yeah. but yeah basically this whole podcast has been an unapologetic we like Danzig yeah and you <laughs> should be listening to if you're not listening to Danzig you should try be going back yeah. yeah it's not try him out mm. you get into <laughs> You carve Danzig into your <laughs> into your forehead, <laughs> mm. um, but it's it's it, it's just he's so underrated. Mm. Stuff is so underrated. I think it should be it'd be great. It should be rated. Yeah, it should be overrated. It should be. He, he's right up there with Elvis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. that's the thing. If he'd have been around ten years earlier, you would have had like fucking teeny boppers falling all over him. Mm. Maybe. Well, he kind of did at the time mm. when he was around. Mm. Um, and although maybe there's a lot of teenage boys, boys. <laughs> yeah. I think he was cool um, with it but it's mm. yeah it's like like Matt was saying just go and listen to Danzig yes. we're going to do more episodes like this about people that we think are underrated people mm. don't listen people we think are cool yeah um, and if you don't like it oh well. I'm really sorry <laughs> don't give us a bad review <laughs> but yeah until next time Danzig